Oh, hello. Hello, hello. <coughs> Good? Perfect. Welcome everyone to this episode of the Hope Podcast. We're really blessed to be joined today by one of my best friends in the world, Tanner Job. Um, Tanner and I went to Quinnipiac uh, together. He transferred in uh, his junior year, my, my sophomore year. So he was a year above me and um, been really close friends ever since then. Uh, There's so much power in sharing and, and, and hearing other people's experiences and um, that's why I'm so grateful Tanner's here with us today. Yeah, thanks, um, Brian. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here, and and you know, like you said, it's good to kind of talk about um, people's experiences and kind of see what they're like, where they're coming from, and and what they're feeling. So you know, this is a great platform to do that. And um, you know, once again, just thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. Again, it's it's, uh, it's my pleasure. And let's start with my beliefs and uh, what I used to believe. What changed? What what helped me change my um, my beliefs and and what I believe now? And then we can kind of go into some of the stories that you've you've faced, some of your experiences. And yeah. Um, so I definitely back in you know I went to to uh, private school my whole life. Always played sports. Always had black friends, but never really. Um, it definitely wasn't in school with a lot of them. Definitely didn't hang out with them a lot outside of school. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I never really experienced much racism. Uh, I never saw it. My mm-hmm. town was very white. My school was very white. Um, yeah. And so, especially when, when a lot of this stuff started happening back in, you know, 2011, 2012, um, I didn't really understand the words privilege, um, the all lives matter, or, sorry, the black lives matter. I, I didn't fully understand or agree with that because, um, you know, when it came to white privilege, I, I used to think, you know, I have a lot of problems. I don't feel great about myself. Correct, you know, correct. My yeah, life isn't yeah. that easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of the color of my skin, I felt like it was, it was being discounted. Correct. Yeah. Um, and then on all lives matter, again, it was the same, same kind of belief I had. Uh, it wasn't a hardcore belief. I wasn't out there like protesting it, but yeah. I just, it just in my head, I would think it. Um, went through college, obviously, again, play, you know, started getting closer with a lot of, a lot more uh, African American black people, mm-hmm. and um, especially you and uh, people like Tristan and, and uh, you know, Rula and, and Shaq and on and on I could go. Did, we didn't really experience too much in college. I'm sure, I'm sure you have one or two, two stories. None really stick yeah. out to me. But what really stuck out was after college. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, me and Tanner have remained very good friends. We both live here in Manhattan uh, in the same friend group, and, and we hang out all the time. And um, what really did it for me, what really changed my opinion to understand why mm-hmm, mm-hmm. black lives must matter for all lives to matter, Correct. and why I am so privileged because of the color of my skin, was, uh, was our experience in Hoboken. At, uh, we were out in Hoboken. I remember it was just it was supposed to be a casual night out. We were like at Greco's apartment. We were, yeah, weren't yeah. sure whether we were going to go out. We decided Correct. to go out in Hoboken and uh, went to Texas, Arizona. Good night. Everyone was having fun, mm-hmm. kind of dancing. Um, you know, if I call our, our good friend Emily, who loves to dance, uh, may, have, may have stepped on <laughs> someone's foot, uh, yeah, another yeah. girl's foot. And their, their guy friends kind of stepped up to defend uh, the girl. girl yeah, yeah. And obviously we stepped up uh, in the middle. And, um, you know, some words were, were shared back and forth, a few mm-hmm. shoves here and there. And uh, what I recall is the bouncers did something rather dumb, which was kicking their group out the front door while Correct. simultaneously kicking us out the back was, door. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now it's starting to come out. Yeah, yeah. And um, 
Yeah, and and it's why I remember it so well is because it really did stick in my memory, mm-hmm. and um, and it's, I think it's actually kind of powerful that you don't remember it that well because it's probably just another experience. Yeah, exactly. So we, we exactly, they, yeah. they kicked us up the back. Their their group of friends, I guess, weren't done uh, with the fight. I think we kind of were. We were kind of ready to to pack it in and head home. Mm-hmm. And um, their head honcho kind of turned the corner and started running at us. Mm-hmm. And Tanner was the first one to see it. And so he was the first one to step up uh, and take a couple steps towards him with, with, you know, to protect us. And at that moment, a cop turned his lights on from behind the other kid and so got out of their car and walked straight past mm-hmm. the white kid who, towards me, yeah. who initiated the fight <laughs> and went right at Tanner, who was there defending himself as anyone should and would mm-hmm. and um, and let the other guys go and, and kind of just just. You know, luckily it didn't escalate any further than that because yeah, you see yeah. in so many of these situations it does escalate exactly. further further than that. And a little thing, mm-hmm. a little minor infraction turns into a tragedy. Major, yeah. But what really stuck with me was what you know the effect it had on you afterwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Obviously upset. Obviously it took a toll on your your happiness for the rest of the night. And, Definitely. Um, you know, just one of those things stuck with me. And and what kind of um really did change my beliefs. I mean, we'll share other stories. You know, yeah. Tanner's got a, a bunch of them. <laughs> And yeah. and all of those have added to it and strengthened my be- my new belief, which is, um, I have I have plenty of problems. Everyone has a lot of problems. I've never been singled out because of the color of my skin. Yeah, I've yeah. never had a cop uh, um, discriminate against me, and, and the feelings that that must cause to, to to know that, you know, it's not it's not because of anything except for how you look, and exactly. you have no control over that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the big part. It's like something that I cannot control, you know. And um, I go through. I personally go through it, and a lot of people that look like me go through it. And it's ten, like you said, it's ten. We have ten million stories mm-hmm. of it happening, and so much so that I even forget that it's even happened because it's become so normal um, in my life that I just, you know, I face it, and then I move on to the next situation or whatever it is, and then that's it. But like I said, I think it's very important to have like platforms like this so we can talk about it um, and and make people aware that you know things are really happening and we go through a lot of things. Like we we truly go through a lot of things, and you go through a lot of things as well. But the the aspect is that some of the things I cannot control. Like I I just walk outside and I'm doing something and I can get in trouble for just walking. Mm-hmm. You know. And and just speaking my mind or whatever it is, and um, yeah, I have <laughs> plenty of stories, but I don't know where I can start. And it's even funny when I was on my way here um, to your apartment, <laughs> right outside your apartment. I don't know, there was a bit of a barricade or wherever it was, uh, but it, it it was another. It could have been another situation for me if I didn't act in a certain manner. Mm-hmm. And you know, I walked up to um your street and your street was obviously bucked off with police and um the funny thing is i saw there was a white lady that was in front of me that walked right past she she had gone through the barricades and then just walked past and so like i was like okay i'm gonna walk you know the same exact way that she has gone to go to your apartment Mm -hmm. and as soon as i come around the the uh, the barricade the guy uh, the police officer was like so, like, what are you doing here? Like, mm-hmm. do, you, do you live here? Like, I said, yeah, my friend is, is over here and I'm coming to see him. And he's like, does he live on this street or the street, you know, over? Right. And I'm like, I have to reiterate what I said. I am seeing my friend here. 
and then he's like oh okay all right yeah lets me go it's just those little things that you know it it if i had said to him like what are you talking about and like you know raise my voice or whatever it is it could change into something completely different and then and ruin my life and you know so simply and it's something you have to you have to think about and that's you know right there that's a privilege in itself you know it's just just a little thing but but tanner has to in his brain just think about your thoughts all day you have all these different yeah. thoughts all these different yeah. thoughts one of the thoughts he has to have <coughs> is i need to you know i need to behave appropriately correct in this situation or yeah. something bad is going to happen to me that's a negative thought that he has to have about himself every day mm-hmm. that i don't have to have and right there that's a privilege that's yeah. a privilege that i can have focus my thoughts on you know fucking golden retrievers and whatever <laughs> the hell else i think about yeah, yeah and he has to think about uh you know god forbid i say something dumb here like it's like i have to like minimalize my words that are coming out and you know that's just that's one instant and like so the thing that i truly stick by and it's like one of these phrases that my dad and i use like all the time is um he who feels it knows it which is like has played a massive part in my life mm-hmm. and like almost want to even get a tattoo about it honestly but um it's like you need to put your your thoughts into someone else's shoes mm-hmm. and like walk in their shoes to feel exactly how they're feeling and I think that's what's going on right now with all these protests and things like that. Like people are actually putting themselves into black people's shoes mm-hmm. to to see exactly what they're experiencing and and what they're going through every single day. Like it, it, it's and it's just little things. Like even when I leave my apartment, I have to think about what I'm wearing, like how how I'm dressed, like how I like what I put on my head. Like if I wear a hoodie, if I'm going into a store. Like all those certain things, like I need to carry myself in a way that um, doesn't get me in trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, and and it, and I can do anything. Like even even the way that I'm speaking, I have to speak in a certain manner. Otherwise, people will look at me like, oh, I'm a criminal, or I'm doing this, or I'm doing this badly, or whatever it is. And one of, I'll tell you one of the stories that um, really annoyed me um, in my life is that. I went to like a corner store and um, I'm going into the corner store and, and just like any other day, I have to think about what exactly I'm wearing to the corner store and how I'm dressed to the corner store. Because mm. if I show up in the corner store with a hoodie on or wherever it is, you know, they'll, they can automatically assume that I'm stealing the place or wherever it is, right. you know. So I'm, I'm, I'm walking up to the, to the store and I actually had um, two $20 bills because I had to go get a... I was going for a trim actually, and I wanted to change the um, the twenty dollar bill and and break it down into um, I think it was a ten and two fives, mm-hmm. and so I walk into the corner shop and um, it was a it was it was a um, Indian gentleman that was there, and um, I asked him like oh can I get change for this twenty dollar bill, and I hand it over to him and he looks at it and just just puts it up against the the, the light. As if it's like fake or whatever it is. And I'm like, <laughs> I looked at him and I just laughed because I'm like, oh, uh, like, what do you do? Like, you think I would walk into your shop with a $20 bill, a fake, fake $20 bill to get change, you know? And um, he looks at me and, and, and I just, I just blew up because at that time, it's just, 
I've been going through a lot of shit like every day like yeah. all the time i have to think about i've already thought about what i had to wear to the shop right and then now you're giving me more issues about the cash that i'm giving you wherever it is and so he's looking at it and i'm like why the fuck would i come here and give you a fake 20 dollar bill and he's like oh people come in here all the time with it and i'm like which type of people are you talking about <laughs> right that that's why i said to him and then like when you say those certain things to people they they you can immediately look at their face and see like oh fuck i fucked up mm -hmm. i fucked up in what i've said right right so i look at him and, and and he and he says that to me and then um i just tell him like you know what i don't even want i don't even want the cash from you right i'll, I'll just take the i'll take the cash back and go about my day and go somewhere else right so i went to a cash point and i was able to get um i was able to take out additional cash but in in um in the manner that I wanted it, like the ten um, and then the two fives, so just just something little like that. And like you, you see, um, George Floyd who had died from the twenty dollar bill. Something. And and it's just it's not necessarily we have to think about what we're doing, but other people have to think about what they're doing as well. So like in my instance, if that guy immediately just said, you know what this. $20 bill is fake and I'm going to call the police, right? His thought process should be, okay, this is a black guy, right? He's in America, right? And if I call the police, it could turn out completely differently, Absolutely. right? And, and, and as soon as I call the police, it's out of my power. Mm -hmm. Like no matter what I say after that, it's all the police's power. Right. And, and if he calls the police and on that day, let's say it's a bad officer that doesn't, like me because of the way I'm talking to him or wherever it is, it could turn completely, you know, 360. And I could, you know, potentially lose my life or go to jail for whatever it is for something that I didn't even do, you know? So I go back to the point of he who feels it knows it. So that guy should feel the same way I'm feeling when I walk into this shop, right? Mm -hmm. And he should, he should also hold himself accountable for calling the police on something that isn't even true right right and 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 it's the same thing with the the video of the lady that was in um new york city that was in the, the park right right she had she had the thought process of okay i'm white and i have so much power that i can call the police and accuse you for doing something right and then put you away so that i can show to you that hey i have this power right, right? and if this guy did not have this video just imagine we were never it's completely different he goes to jail he probably loses his, his his job and everything that he has going for his life right for something that he's falsely accused for mm -hmm. and like i said that that lady should be held accountable not only should she just lose her job or whatever it is but she should get prosecuted for something right i can agree so more. then within the next instance that some someone goes to that situation they will get punished in a way that, okay, I cannot say these sorts of things because, you know, I will get in trouble for it. And, and I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no, like you keep going. going same it's, it's, it's the same thing with the police as well. They should be held accountable for the way that they handle situations. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that, that, that's like one of the stories and there's 10 million more. And it's, and it's, a, it's a reality that, 
you know we go through every every single day and and it almost becomes so normal that you don't even talk about it and normally i don't talk about a lot of things if like a lot of the people that know me i don't i keep things to myself and i keep things just within like my family and i talk to them a lot about a lot of things and and that are just personal to me that i go through because i understand that they're going through the same exact thing and we can kind of connect in that way Mm -hmm. um but i think it's just amazing now because now i can connect to you in that manner and tell you how i'm feeling and then you can open up and say yes Mm -hmm. I can feel what this guy's. I cannot necessarily like immediately feel what he's feeling, but I can see what's going on, mm-hmm. you know. And it, like I said, it goes back to that: he who feels it knows it, you know, which is massive. It's, you it's, have to put yourself into people's shoes so they so you can feel exactly, you know, um, how they're feeling. So em- empathy, empathy is the most yeah. important emotion. Yeah, you're right, man. It's it's you know whenever i even introduce myself to people normally i don't really like i said i don't express myself to people so if i was to meet someone new right i would just go about meeting them normally as just as you would normally meet someone you'd say hello how are you doing like what do you do for work this and that but even even sometimes when i speak to people that i've met for the first time and i tell them like what i've done like what i'm doing right now like for work and all that stuff I immediately look at their eyes and their eyes are like like up like as if you know I just came from Mars or yeah, whatever. You just hit the lottery. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm like I'm like the like I'm like a, I'm like a demi demigod or something like that. Like they've just seen like an alien or whatever. It is. Like even even those certain things but sometimes I purpose I purposefully will not say like what I've accomplished or what I'm doing just to see people's reactions of what they think of me mm-hmm. so and normally even when i start speaking you'll you'll be like oh he you know there's something different about him you know but it shouldn't be that way it should always be you know you treat someone exactly the way you want to be treated Amen. right away you shouldn't you shouldn't look at people and then wait for them to tell you something about them just so that you can judge them on and and and, and react to them in a certain way mm-hmm. um which is amazing, but I'll go back to, I'll go back on topic about the um, that incident that happened at um, Greco's. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I normally go to Greco's all the time. I was always there um, at his apartment. I even lived there for about like three or four weeks or so. Yeah, this is the uh, um, this is our friend James Greco lives in uh, Moderna Lofts, Moderna Lofts yeah, in uh, Lofts Jer- in Jersey City. Jersey City, yeah. So um, yeah, I even lived there for about three or four weeks or so. So. And, I, and, I, and it was during that time I was living there, actually. And um, I was calling my mom back home, actually. And I'm on the telephone with her. And I wanted to step out of their apartment. Because, you know, their apartment is not that big. And I didn't want to, I didn't want them, like, kind of hearing what I was talking about with my mom. And sure. I wanted to give them their privacy, obviously, because they've invited me to their house, right? Absolutely. So I, I've walked out. I've stepped out. And I'm... Um, right outside the door and I'm, and I'm talking on the telephone and this lady um, walks past with two two dogs and I'm not paying any mind to her obviously I'm just going about my day I'm talking to my mom and she comes over to me and she's like do you do you live here and I'm like you know I'm startled I'm like what would you what and she's like do, do you live here what are you doing here like do you live here and I'm like no like I'm, I'm at my 
I'm at my mom, uh, my friend's apartment, and the thing is, I'm 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 holding the telephone like in one in one ear, and I'm trying to listen to this lady just chatting shit in my ear. Right. And and I'm like, mom, like I'll I'll have to call you back because I don't know what this like lady is talking about. So I put the telephone down, and she's like, "Do you live here? Like, what are you doing here?" And I'm like, "I'm at my friend's place. Like, I'm here with my friend." And she's like, "What what apartment number?" Like questioning me. And I'm like, what are you, why are you asking me these questions? Like, what, like what, what have I done to you for you to just approach me in this way and start like basically harassing me? Yeah. Right. And she's like this and, and, and she's like, I need to know like if you live here. And I'm like, do you work here or something? Like what? And she's like, no, I live here. I, I, I'm a resident of this building and um, I need to know where, like where you're coming from. This isn't the ghetto or this isn't anything like that. And soon as as soon as she said like the ghetto aspect, like through like a few thoughts went through my um, head. I was saying, okay, now that she's just like basically come at me in this manner, I can do two things. I can react in a very harsh way mm-hmm. towards her, which which could in turn lead to her calling the police, right? The police coming here. The police saying that I'm trespassing or wherever they want to call it, mm-hmm. arrest me, put me in jail. Then I have to pay for this bail and all these things. Then I have to explain myself that I'm staying at my friend's house, right? <laughs> and I haven't done anything wrong. But the thing is, before I even get to that point where I can even explain myself, I'd already be in handcuffs in jail. Right. Right. And then after that, I can explain myself in court and all this nonsense and all that. Right. Or I can just say to her that, hey, I'm not doing anything here. I've just come here. I'm, I'm on the telephone. I'm trying to just talk to my mom. My friends are in here. Like, if you want me to knock on the door and, the, and I let them come out and you can speak to them and all this stuff. Then she, I had said that aspect and she comes out. Nope, this is in the ghetto. I'm going to call the, um, I'm going to call the police and I'm going to call the, um, what's it called? Uh... The security, the door, Con- yeah, the doorman. Con- yeah, concierge yeah, people. Yeah, the concierge um, individuals. So I'm like, yeah, you can call her because I, 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 knew, the, I knew the guy, actually. Yeah. You're all, Very personally because I was always there and yeah. I was always walking past. So I'm like, go ahead and call the guy because he's seen me walk past it 10 million times. Yeah. So you can go ahead and do that. She's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then as she does that and the guy's coming up, another person that was in the apartment that is the direct neighbor to, to Greco walks out and he walks over to me and he's like, what, what like what's going on here? And, and she, she's explaining to him, I, I don't know what he's doing here. He's, he's outside. He's like loitering. He's doing, and then the guy asks me straight away, what are you doing here? Like, like where, like, where do you do, like, do you live here? And I'm like, like I said to this woman, <laughs> I'm just here. I'm talking on the telephone <laughs> with my mom. I haven't done anything. The, the, the person that I'm here with lives here. I can knock on the door for you <laughs> so you can talk to her, blah, 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 blah. And like him again just wasn't, they weren't budging. He was just like, like, what are you doing? She just wants to know normally. And, and then he said to me, normally people don't stand outside to talk on the phone. And I said, well, that's because my friend is in there with his girlfriend. Right? He's in there with his missus and I'm just stepping out because I don't want them to hear what I'm talking about and I don't want to disturb them. Yeah. Right? And so I'm like, yeah, just go ahead. Just call the person and then when they come, you know, you look very stupid because you've, you're like 
saying that I've, I, I'm, I'm, I'm causing a crime basically by standing outside and talking on the telephone. So the concierge comes up and, and he's like, yeah, I know this guy. Like, I, I know him. He's always here with his friend. Like, they live right here. And then completely de-escalated the entire situation. Yeah. And then, you know, I could have been to her. I could have been very harsh to her. I could have called her many names that, you know, that I wanted to say. You could have started with a racist. Yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 just, I just left it at that. Yeah. Because I didn't want it to escalate anything, you know, further than that. I could have done a lot more things. But she had just said, oh, okay, well, normally people don't hang outside their apartments, blah, 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 blah. But then, um, so every, everybody goes back into their apartments or wherever. And then I, I go in and I explain the situation to, to Greco and his missus. And, um, you know, immediately that's when I knew that I have support i've always known that i had support you know but like i said to you i don't i don't explain those certain situations to people because i always thought that they wouldn't understand especially Mm -hmm. someone that doesn't look like me i would say that they don't understand yeah but you know i really felt the need that it was okay to say something to them because i've i i I was just like very i was very angry about it so i wanted to explain myself rightfully so and um so I tell Greco and his missus a story and, you know, immediately Emily just got up and she's like, no, like, fuck that. Like, I'm going downstairs right now. Like, I need to, I need to talk to um, the, uh, the building owner and all that shit. Um, so she goes down and then, like, complains, gives, gives the, uh, the complaint and then writes a letter to the um, building owner um, talking about this lady and all this stuff and then... I don't even know what happened after that, but um, like I said, it, it just felt amazing to me that, you know, these two people just support me like massively, mm-hmm. like, and it could have turned out into a terrible situation. And like, I could have, like I said, been arrested, been a- anything could have happened. As soon as the police came, it could have been anything because right. they, they, they wouldn't even let me speak out about why. Um, why I'm even there or anything like that. Explain my story because by the time I could even do that, they'd probably arrest me and then all this, all this shit would have happened. Yeah, but and you see it, you see it all the time, and um, and that's what we need more of. Um, is what Emily and uh, and Greco did. Um, you know, they they took action to ma- try and make it right. Um, if I recall, and and James uh, during that whole uh, Blackout Tuesday on Instagram told the story. Which I really appreciated him doing that because um, um, people need to know these things. That people don't know them, especially if they don't hang around black people. Exactly. And uh, it's not enough not to be a racist. First of all, there's a lot of people who don't think that they're racist. You know, they don't believe that they're racist, but they'll say all lives matter, mm-hmm. or they'll say I don't have privilege, and that's where that's where the tension is because those people think that they're good people, and they probably are good people mm-hmm. they just don't have never heard these experiences never seen these experiences um and so they can't they can't empathize with them and that's why it's so important to talk about these things to to get more black voices in uh in media in uh uh 
you know, speaking uh, because these people can change their beliefs. Anyone can change their beliefs about anything. They really can. And the best way to do it is to connect with them and to, to share these experiences with them. And for, for everyone else out there, because I think it's, it's, I'll say from my own, to be honest, it's a confusing time for, for white people and not to, again, not to be, <laughs> throw a pity party. But uh, for me, it's like, you know, what can we do? What can we do? We want to help, but, you know, do our voice, you know, is speaking right now a good time for us? Yeah. And um, what I think what's important is, is one, listening. That's first and foremost, is reaching out to people, listening to them, mm-hmm. listening to them and empathizing with them, connecting with them, hearing their stories, hearing their experiences feeling their feelings and secondly is whenever you're in a position to do something mm-hmm. it's not enough just to to empathize with someone and say you know i'm, I'm really sorry uh, about that like i'm so happy that james and emily and this was a few years ago this isn't even that recent you know this was yeah. a few years ago i'm so happy james and emily took action and uh, I wish more had happened because I, I believe that you know emily said that i think they filed a complaint and that was that but that, mm-hmm. that person should be kicked out of the building yeah you know I guarantee you, if that was me outside speaking on the phone, she would have walked up to me nicely and been like, "Hey, can you keep it down? Uh, you're not supposed Correct. to talk in the hallway," and, yeah. and that would have been the end of it. And uh, because Tanner is black, she treated him differently. She approached him with anger, and Tanner has to deal with that. No one likes to be approached with anger. I understand why some people say all lives matter because they don't understand. They Correct. don't understand, and we need to help them understand by reaching out, connecting with them, telling them stories, yep. listening to people's experiences. And uh, and hearing more black voices, the whole uh, the Colin Kaepernick, the the kneeling uh, for the anthem, I was against it. And I wish I could go back and change that. Obviously, you can't go back and change that. But but that was a peaceful protest. They were screaming out in the best way possible. These these black athletes screaming out that we need help from from Correct. from white people, yeah. from the rest of the country, from America. Yeah. And we silenced them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and these people were screaming out silently in protest peacefully. We didn't listen. My favorite MLK, one of my favorite MLK quotes, a riot is, a riot is the language of the unheard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I think black people as a whole have just kind of hit the, um, hit the point, the boiling point. I think the boiling point has been reached where we're just tired of, you know, all the shit that we're going through, man. And, and like you said, it, people, Initially, like the football thing, the uh, the American football thing, um, it wasn't it wasn't anything about the flag. Mm-hmm. It was all about, hey, you know, police brutality, and we're being misconstrued and we're being um, um, falsely accused of things, and we're getting killed for things that we're not supposed to get killed for, and that and that was that's like literally all he was trying to say and he and nobody was listening right for years and years nobody was listening so he looked at it in a way that okay i'm i'm very well known and this is the way that i can probably make um people realize uh truly how i feel right Mm -hmm. so 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 he said to himself okay this is what i can do i can kneel down during this game um so then people can see why and then start asking questions why why am i kneeling or whatever it is but it just became completely misconstrued into this thing where people would say like no he's he's saying basically fuck the fuck the um um the flag and and he doesn't stand for the flag and all this stuff which is completely wrong Mm -hmm. right and and it's crazy that now people are actually seeing but it's good also people are seeing exactly why this guy was doing this kneeling thing yeah you know and um 
like I said, it's just the boiling point. So now people are people are expressing their their themselves, just like I'm expressing myself here, um, and just tired of it, man. Like just just sick and tired. Like it's it's simple. All we want is people to be just held accountable for what they're doing to mm. us, and just to be treated the same exact way that you're treated when you go to do things. It's sim- It's very simple. It's, it's very simple. And and you know we can go into politics and all this other stuff as well but it's like we just don't have black people as a whole don't have enough power to just go and just change you know all these things right away right right? which is why we're talking to white people like you guys to help us to change those certain things right and 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 you know i i think it's great that we have social media and all these videos and all these things now because what I ask people is that just imagine if there was no videos and all these things, right? And and the craziest aspect is that all of these people that have died or been um, falsely accused for things and all these things, there's 10 million of them. Mm-hmm. There's 10 million of them that haven't spoke about it or anything like that. And it hasn't been caught on camera or anything like that, right? So that's why you don't know about it. You know what I'm saying? 100%. Uh, Will, Will Smith said it. Um, racism isn't getting worse. It's getting filmed. filmed. And yeah. it's so true. Um, exactly. um, but it's like, it's not enough. Like I said before, it's not enough that it's getting better. Yeah. It is getting better. I think our generation is better than the one before us. And the Correct. next generation will be better than us. Exactly. But it's not. Yeah. But, but on this topic, which is okay for a lot of social issues, sometimes we just, life isn't perfect and you got to accept them. But for this topic, for the quality, for, for the treatment of people based purely on the color of their skin, mm-hmm. It's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. And now that we, we have our generation, again, has so much data, so much information, Correct. for better or for worse, it's, it causes a lot of anxiety, a lot of, uh, a lot of change for our generation from, with the internet and social media. And um, it's difficult to change people's beliefs on a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. But this is one where you need to, we need to. We need to look inside of ourselves and ask ourselves questions. Why did I feel the need to explain Tanner's qualifications while telling a story about him? Why, um, why was I so upset? Why was I upset that uh, people were peacefully protesting about their feelings that they were um, that America didn't treat them the same way that it treated someone else, mm-hmm. another group of people based on the color of their skin? Why did I feel that way? Why did the word white privilege trigger me? I asked myself these questions. I, I, I realized that the answers weren't satisfactory, and I changed my beliefs. Mm-hmm. And we all need to do that. We really do. On this, there's a lot of topics where it would help us to do it, but this is not a topic where it's negotiable. It's a topic where we have to. Correct. Um, the soul of our nation depends on it, and and um, it's if you think it's bad now, what's going on right now in New York? You know, I I've, I live in the middle of Manhattan. I've been out there. Mm-hmm. I promise you, we're one or two more instances away from a civil war. Civil war, yeah. And um, we we. I hope you don't want that. I really, really hope we we all want life to get back to normal. Yeah. And um, uh, Saquon Barkley just just released a great video, unbelievable video of, of a bunch of NFL players sharing sharing their thoughts mm-hmm. and feelings. And uh, just say clearly, these people are not making this up. Um, you may listen to Tanner's stories and be like, "Well, the police would, you know, the the police I know wouldn't have have arrested you if they had come to the apartment building." Yeah. It doesn't matter whether they would or wouldn't. It matters that he feels like they would exactly that's what matters it's not a fake feeling he's not lying to you that's a thought in his head that's a belief he has and it's a it's it's a belief we need to change um that people shouldn't feel like they're going to be uh arrested attacked unsafe 
the police are here to, to serve and protect us. And we, we need them to serve and protect us um, for us to, to have a, a valid social contract um, with, with the government. And right now we don't. People don't feel like they're serving, they're getting served and protected. Um, people, they're at the point where they're, they're asking for the police to leave their communities. Mm-hmm. Just think about that for a minute. Like, like they're so fed up, they're so tired of, of their sons, their daughters, their brothers, their sisters, their friends um, getting incarcerated, getting um, you know, arrested again for these little things. Thank God some of these get filmed. So many of them don't get filmed. Exactly. And, um, and, and they're so fed up. They're at the point where they're like, you know, I'd rather take the risk of, of, of someone breaking into my house. Yeah. Think about that for a second. You know, you, you're so, in, uh, we're so in love. I love the police. I love living across from the, the police station. Um, I love that feeling of feeling safe. There's, they feel so unsafe. They feel so unsafe with police that they're at the point where they're like, get out. They're not making that up. Yeah. They're not. Those are their feelings. We need to empathize with them. We need to understand them. And we need to, we need to, to ask ourselves questions, ask the people around us questions, mm-hmm. and, and, and find solutions, find common ground, yep. and, uh, and come together. Come together as a country. Come together as a society. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's big. You just, like I said, it's simple. Just put yourself in, in our shoes. That's it. Just put yourself in our shoes and ask yourself, how would I react if I saw, you know, and, and like the thing is like when, when, when me as a black person, when I see another black person, you know, getting strangled or whatever it is, getting pulled over something, I put myself in their shoes and I'm like, that could be me. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I express myself in the same way that, and, and, and the same anger that they have in that situation. So what, like what we want is for you to do the same as that thing. Think of it as like that's my cousin, mm-hmm. that's my brother, that's my sister. That's that's being strangled or being um, um, misrepresented or whatever it is mm-hmm. in that certain manner. And how would I feel if that happened, right? That is the big question. How would I feel if that happened to me, right? And like we can talk about it and 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 talk to tomorrow, whatever it is. But you know, change change truly does need to happen, mm-hmm. right? Otherwise, this is going to turn into something that is truly going to be despicable. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be no more power to do anything over it. Right. And the other thing people need to, 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 to think about is that it's not just happening here. It's happening all over the world. Mm-hmm. There's prejudice at, ev- at every center of the world. Even in Africa, there's, there's prejudice and racism and all, and all over the place. Yeah. Right? So we just people need to address it. And um, and and take it and take it head on without without bending over and trying to just dodge it or whatever it is. It's 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 something to talk about. Um, and I think that's just the big thing about it, man. But yeah, there's there's plenty of stories. There's <laughs> there's plenty of things that that have happened. But like I said, um, change definitely needs to happen, and 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 it happens in something so small as this. Talking about it with, with you and. Um, getting your thoughts on about it and um and you expressing yourself to me and me expressing myself to you and you putting yourself into my shoes and and just understanding it so yeah no it's and uh i really do think it's it's how we need to go about it and i I think it's it's urgent i understand for some people why it's tough especially if you're not close to someone who's Mm -hmm. experienced it it's tough to put yourself in other in other people's shoes um 
But I just it was something I was thinking about last night, actually, because again, just contemplating the best way to go about all of this, and and something I was thinking about is like how, how do I, how could I if I didn't know Tanner, if I wasn't this close with Tanner or, or any of my other black friends, how could I empathize with it? And it's like I think about everyone can empathize with being broken up with in a mm-hmm. relationship, those feelings of inadequacy, those feelings of not being good enough for someone. Um, when it's a relationship, you can you can think about the excuses for why you know I I could have said this uh, la- you know last yeah, week yeah, yeah. you know I, we started this fight over this or that um, you know maybe I'm not funny enough maybe you know I'm not her type you know, I'm not yeah, yeah. good looking enough. <laughs> Imagine those feelings of inadequacy based on nothing but the color of your skin, Correct. which you cannot change. You can try and get better looking. You can try and get funnier. You know, you can improve that, that, that idea of growth, that idea of, of getting better is what drives people forward. Hope for tomorrow, hope mm-hmm. that tomorrow's going to be better to, than today. Mm-hmm. And so like when, when it's that feeling of inadequacy, that's how I've always gotten over breakups. It's like, okay, you know, I think that I was, I came up short in this area, this area, in this area, here's how I can improve myself mm-hmm. and my next relationship will be better. Correct. Just imagine, I, I can't even imagine, um, you know, going to the corner store and feeling these feelings and being like, there is literally nothing I can fucking mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm to um not feel this way because mm-hmm. for the rest of my life i'm gonna be judged yep. because i'm black uh, and you know i'm blessed to have tanner as a friend for several reasons he's, he's been there for me in, in so many uh instances and and um been such a great friend for me but um also just just how much he's changed my my perspective mm-hmm. on on this issue seeing seeing what he goes through for no reason one of the best humans i know and uh, he gets put in these situations, you know, some of them we shared, some of them uh, we won't have time to share, but but just for no reason, it's just not right. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, I think I'll just leave it as, as my, like, um, take-home message. Just like I said, just put yourself into people's shoes and take, just, just, just listen to what they're going through. No matter if you're not going through it at all, just take it in. Take it in, sleep on it, and then ask yourself, would I want to be in that situation? Obviously, you wouldn't. And then that's when you know there's an issue mm-hmm. right away. And and I'll say it again. He who feels it knows it. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. And And all we want to do is just to be treated the same exact way that you get treated when you do things, mm-hmm. you know? We don't. We don't. We're not trying to cause any issues or, or, or any stir or any trouble like that. Mm-hmm. We just want to go about our days without having to think about things what we cannot control. Right. right? Things we cannot control. So I don't know. That's that's all, that's all I that's all I have. And um, like I said, it starts with little things like this being on this podcast and expressing myself, which I normally don't do. Keep things to myself, but. It's important to talk about it and um, let people know. But I think it's great now with all of these protests that are going on. You know, you're seeing people of all races come together just to back us, mm-hmm. right? And that's what that's what we need, man. But we need more than that. We need to change systemic racism. We need to change, you know, people's beliefs and how they how they look at us. And it starts within your own like um, our household. You know, I watched a video this uh, the other day where this um, younger girl, she was about in her teens or so, and she's talking to her parents. And her parent, uh, her dad is talking about how, you know, he works in the ghetto and he and he sees people in the ghetto and how they're acting and all, all sorts of things like that. And, and 
the little girl comes up with an amazing point she says that do you know how it feels to to live in that situation and know that you possibly cannot get out of this right she's doing that same exact thing she's putting her shoes into the people that live in these situations mm-hmm. and trying to empathize with them and and feel what they're feeling it's as simple as that right and you know it's it's a it's crazy but you know the the the, the parents are just looking at people and then just judging them off of what they've heard before and mm-hmm. stuff like that when these kids that are just in the street they have nothing else to do you know they 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 could have they could have just been by the road and a police officer comes stops them accuses them of something and and as su- and it's 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 very imperative to to tell this story actually but as soon as as soon as you know we get accused for something as a black person it is automatically game over after that yeah. because as soon as we have this thing on our record that says oh you know we were carrying something or we were we we did this to someone or whatever it was that is with us up until the day that we die mm-hmm. and that can that can literally just ruin a 15 year old kid's life mm-hmm. for the rest like it can ruin his ra- like life for the rest of it, like he's finished because when he goes for a job or whatever it is he has a record right so then now he's reverting back to where he was before he wants to get out of the situation nobody wants to be in those situations you know you don't want to live poor and 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 be and be in gangs and all that stuff you don't want to do it mm-hmm. but as soon as you get that one thing on your record your entire life is can be finished done so and if you put someone you know like a white person in that same situation where the police would come the first thing they do is ask you what are you doing they, and and they, and they and they'd sympathize with you like oh i'm just standing by the road i'm just doing this and that and then they'll just say oh like don't stand here like you shouldn't be standing here go about your day yeah and it ends there for you right yeah but then conversely to someone else that doesn't look like you their entire life can just be Done. determined from that one thing that they didn't even do. And and, and that is, it's so such an important point because um, it just drives towards like that kind of the systematic racism that mm-hmm. that's in our society. And it's just, it's just inherently there. And uh, I don't have the answers for how to fix that at all, but it's important to acknowledge it's there. And a lot of people, that's another, you know, exactly. like the all lives matter or the white privilege, that's another trigger point for them. It's um, you know, the laws say everyone's equal, so that means Correct. everyone must be equal. Yeah. But that's bullshit. I just, mm-hmm. I just, I, my my town is the perfect example of it. I, you know, it was, it's a, a pretty wealthy town. You know, upper mm-hmm. middle class, and there's a um, um, a lower income housing part of it, yeah. which is mostly African American. And, and I just, I just think, um, you know, looking back, th- th- those kids went to the same public school, which was a very good public school. Why? Why was were more of those kids getting in trouble? More of the black kids getting in trouble than my friends? Were they, you know, smoking weed more? Mm-hmm. I doubt it. Probably not. Were they drinking more? I doubt it. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, there was probably a stronger police presence in that neighborhood for whatever reason, and and police will stop people mm-hmm. of color much more frequently to check them, and that never happened to me because, like you said, that being on your record as a fifteen, sixteen year old, unfortunately, does. Uh, uh, really make it difficult for for your life, and mm-hmm. um, it's a shame because kids in high school are 
dumb and make mistakes. Exactly. Kids are stupid. We're all stupid. To this mm-hmm. day, we're stupid. I think that, it would is, be, that is exactly what it is. It would be looked at for exactly me. It's for, for me. It's like, oh, it's just a you know. It, yeah. It's, it's just, just like it's a kid, kid being a kid. kid yeah. Where it's a black kid. It's it's automatically they're put down to a lower level, mm-hmm. and um and. The, that's just that right there is privilege you know there's there's no shame in admitting it i can tell you that you'll feel if you don't feel i don't feel i don't feel guilty about it i feel responsible mm-hmm. i feel a responsibility to bring people up to that level of privilege mm-hmm. no one should have their life ruined because they were drinking in high school mm-hmm. no one should have their life ruined because they got caught with with a little bit of weed in high school mm-hmm. um no one should have their life ruined because they used a, no one should be murdered because they used a counterfeit bill yeah, at a store yeah. And no one should ever be on the phone with their mother and be told this isn't a ghetto. That's privilege. Those have never happened to me, and I have no fear of them ever happening to me. And that's privilege. And uh, again, thank you so much to Tanner um, for coming on. Uh, Hope comes from hearing other people's experiences. um, And uh, he said it best. He who feels it, knows it. Yeah, thanks, man. Great. (laughs) Did that. That's great. That's what it's all about, man. It's all about expressing it, talking about it, letting it be known, man. And this is the perfect fucking platform to do it. So.